Hello, friends. Welcome to the Inspired Podcast. I'm Jessica, and I'm on the Inspired team here at X Church, and I want to welcome you. Life can be so hard to navigate, especially as a Jesus-believing sister, mom, friend, or wife. So we invite you to our table and hope that you're inspired to view God in bigger and more awe-inspiring ways as you walk this journey with Him. Today, we have the one and only Megan back on the podcast with us, and we're excited to dive into the topic of vocation and outgrowing your current season or environment. We've got some really helpful tips in here and really good discussion around what it looks like to continue to walk through the mundane and the ordinary, but also embrace the really exciting and extraordinary. Welcome back, Inspired Girls. We are here on season four, episode 10. We're glad that you're here. I need to tell you who our guest is because we've been changing it up quite a bit this season. And I am happy to announce that we have Megan back with us. Yeah, she's back. Back again. I think I got that right. People Did got used right? to Sarah, and now we're yeah. throwing Megan back in the mix. Yeah, so Sarah and I are almost two years apart. Actually, we're two years and one month apart, but we have the same exact voice. You do. And it's a lot of people say we look like I don't see it, but her middle child looks a lot like me. So, And it's Sayla's birthday, so happy birthday, Her middle Sayla. child also is a lot like you. Yes. <laughs> Other than look. If anyone knows her middle child, <laughs> don't hold that against me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, your mom says the same thing. Gina said, oh, Sayla's just like Megan. Oh, yeah. I bet she does in the foyer. Well, see, you, you and Sarah also have some of the same mannerisms, too. Yeah. yeah. Because when we did the episodes with her and I'm sitting across, across you know, from her, her uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, that was so Megan right there. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, That's a good thing, though. It's so good to have you back. No, we're sisters. Sisters are the best. Yeah. There you go. But I'm happy to be back. I love this table, and I love these conversations. So I'm pumped. Yeah. And I take half a day off work. So That's what dedication. is better? Like, yeah. Dedication. My students today were like, why are you leaving? I was like, because I have a podcast Because I'm record. famous, and I need to go like, record, a co- record a podcast. <laughs> Whoa. And they were like, what's a podcast called? I was like, oh, gosh. Here we go. <laughs> Hey, maybe you should tell them. They like want to know everything about your life, mm-hmm. <laughs> down to like what you have for breakfast. <laughs> it's so weird. I just remember always like seeing teachers in public mm-hmm. and being like, <gasps> like starstruck or fangirl. <laughs> like they are normal people. They have yes. to eat groceries at the grocery store. That I'll have them be like, "Why were you at Kroger?" And I'm like, uh, "To get." food coffee and almond milk and like i don't know why were you at kroger (laughs) it is a it's an interesting sensation see i remember seeing this is so bad um i remember seeing my third grade teacher Mm -hmm. miss stewart i can remember it to this day (laughs) and seeing her out in public and she was smoking oh That, oh, I'm sure no. that threw you for a oh, loop. My, I, I didn't know what I didn't quite know uh. what to do with that, you know, because, you know, I mean, there were I mean, when I was thinking about it, most of the teachers I had um, in elementary school, a lot of them mm-hmm. were single, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, there's Miss Stewart and she was smoking and it was like it was like this awful shock, mm. you know, <laughs> I haven't recovered to it from this day. You're like, I don't know anything about anything anymore. <laughs> what is life? <laughs> it's all a lie. Yeah. I remember I got in big trouble fifth grade because I sent a really mean text to someone because they were annoying me. And my principal. In fifth grade, I was sending notes, by the way. There's no such thing as text. <laughs> yeah. From my Verizon Motorola razor. That was it. It was a razor, mm-hmm. a silver razor. Um, best Tetris ever, by the way. No other phone got that right. But I sent a really mean text and my principal pulled me in to the office and like, like ripped me a new one. And then I saw her at JCPenney. I was there with my mom. I saw her in the, you know how they have like the bed set up and they have like the, like bedroom mock-ups or whatever. And I kid you not, I hid behind one of those like they had like curtains set up so you could like test. And I just hid there in the curtains because I did not want to face her. Mrs. Clark. Yeah. Yeah. I got in so much trouble. Hmm. But then I got in even more trouble by my mom. So it was like, I really should have been more scared of my mom. But in that moment, I just mm-hmm. took the curtains. It was the principal. The curtains. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, before we move any further into the, like the real things that we're going to be talking yeah. about. Uh, Inspired Conference is not Ooh, long oh, away. Oh, May the 6th, come I on. Know. I'm so excited. I'm so pumped. Um, and let me just say this. I think that as we've been planning, dreaming, praying for this, God just continues to become more evident and clear in the mm-hmm. plans that we have already put into action. I think like even from last year's conference, we mm-hmm. knew the date, we knew the direction we were going, but really all the details were left up to God and what he, where he was directing us and vision and theme and all that kind of stuff. And it is really just an amazing thing to kind of step back outside of all the planning and just see the work that he's already done. Mm-hmm. And so what that makes me excited for is the work that he's going to do when you attend. Yes. Um, because he has a purpose for you to be there. He has a plan for you. He has um, something that he wants to download into your spirit. I'm confident of that. And so if you haven't registered yet, be sure that you get online, go to our webpage, thex.church forward slash inspired 2023. You can find all the information on the website. You can find out where to register. It gives you details of the schedule. Um, It's just something that you're not going to want to miss. I mean, it's going to be meaningful. You're going to meet people that you haven't met yet. Um, And who knows, you could walk away with a new best friend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, And you know, there's something about when we all get together that is so special. I think there's, you know, that synergy that happens Mm -hmm. when, when a bunch of women get together and um, are looking for what God has to say, looking for growth, looking for fun, Mm -hmm. looking for connection. Um, Come and be surprised Mm -hmm. because I believe that God has like a special gift, a surprise for each one that that shows up. Mm -hmm. Um, You just don't want to miss the things that are going to be downloaded into Mm -hmm. you and available. I mean, it's all in this one neat little package. Mm -hmm. And not only that, you know, it's going to be great food and coffee and all kinds of really cool surprises that we're not going to tell you about because you Mm -hmm. have to come. Yeah. Well, and um, along those lines, last year we supported um, a ministry called Out of Darkness. That's Mm -hmm. right. And we are continuing to partner with them this Mm -hmm. conference and throughout the year. Like we had a coat, blanket, and boot drive um, back in the beginning of the year in January. Mm -hmm. And the stories that have come out of that were really awesome. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to hear more about that with the conference. But last year we we brought toiletry items for Mm -hmm. women to give to Out of Darkness as Mm -hmm. they are sheltering women, bringing them in, clothing them, feeding them, getting them what they need, and um, setting them up for success in the years to come. And so this year, what we're asking you to bring is underwear, panties. That's right. Oh, don't say panties. Package. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are. (laughs) Oh, no. Not that word. I just can't with it. Okay. Some fruit of the looms, right? Uh, but not, okay, so <laughs> I'm just going to be able to dive in a little bit deeper here, but they've been very specific in the kind of underwear they want us to donate. Okay. So. I appreciate that, actually. Yeah. I mean, like, boy shorts, those are good. Hipsters are good. Um, bikini style, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. bikini style underwear, but no briefs. Is that what they say? Right. It's just like the right, and I'm like, granny panties i guess yeah yeah Yeah. no like thick banded on Mm -hmm. the side like just full coverage coverage. (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants full coverage coming into the house okay (laughs) so you are gonna want to bring underwear for lack of a better word megan (laughs) um to the conference we're gonna have a cute little display we're gonna collect underwear and we're gonna give them to those women because Everybody needs underwear. Brand new right? underwear. Bra- mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Thank yes. you. Brand yep. new. In the package, <laughs> In the please. package, tags on whatever. <laughs> Don't be bringing <laughs> donations nope. from your clean out. I think even drawer. the like um, seven for 35 or whatever is, I don't know. I'd feel weird receiving that. Victoria's Secret? Because not, they're not packaged. They have tags on each one of them, though. Oh, so it's fine if they sell yes. the tag. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They we'll have do tags. That. Okay. I mean, if you can tell they were new, then, I mean, like, okay. purchased, right? Okay, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, we should we should drop it whenever, like, whenever Victoria's Secret has their sale. <gasps> we should. Because I buy, I buy those. We it's should. Um, I'll talk to Victoria's Secret herself <laughs> and see <laughs> if, <laughs> Wait, know. is that her last name? I thought I don't she know. just had secrets. 
I don't know. I've never known. I don't know. I'll have to look into it. We haven't been together well, in a while. Sometimes you can tell, tell because we just like, want to talk. Sometimes okay, I forget there's a mic in front of me. We're not, this is the problem. We're not going to talk about anything significant. Bring Sarah this is back. just chit-chat for us to catch up. Okay. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna talk about some um, we're gonna dive down into some meat. Okay, so yeah, uh, going based on what we gathered from the topics from the conference last year, I really thought that we were almost done, mm-hmm. um, and we are. But I thought we were gonna have to come up with new topics to have Megan on. But I did one more comb through and found some that we that weren't lumped into mm-hmm. another episode. Yeah. And so today we're gonna be talking about vocation. Yeah, and outgrowing our current environments yeah Mm -hmm. that's the way that the the question was phrased what happens what do we do when we outgrow our current circumstances our current seasons or our current environments and then there was another one that was vocation and these really just go hand in hand so we're going to be kicking this episode off with vocation Mm -hmm. and so as i think vocation i think of two things um one one section i think of it as vocation is doing something positive with your life that has a benefit for someone else. Mm -hmm. And then, um, that of which you can get paid for. And then also using your life to impact someone Mm -hmm. else's life in a positive way that is voluntary. And it's just out of the goodness and the goodwill of your heart. So, um, and I know that under that falls career under that falls dreams under that falls hobbies and all that kind of stuff. So, if we break it down into two different, you know, sections, vocation being something you get, get paid for and something that you don't, because if, if I'm like any of you, I know that there's things that I just want to do out of the goodness of my heart and not be paid for it. And then there's things that I do that I want to do and I want to get paid for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? What are you, what questions do you girls start thinking of when we, when you talk about vacation, what personal experiences have you had as you've like through your life, yeah. um, been impacted by thinking through the word vocation? Hmm. I think, so the first thing I thought of is, um, a good friend of mine was talking about this at one of our small group meetups. And I think that this applies a lot to vocation in, especially in the way that you divide it up, Jess, is, you know, what do you get paid for and how can you benefit someone through that and benefiting lives of others through something that you don't get paid for. And I think oftentimes, um, especially as Christians, followers of Jesus, that we can divide that into, okay, what is my secular life, which would be my job mm-hmm. and people I work with, and then what is my spiritual life? And that would be... Um, you know, what do I do with the church or through the church or at church? Um, and we talked about how with that kind of division, um, we can really hinder what we can do in both areas. And so, yeah. you know, when we're thinking spiritual life, well, we don't want to cross into secular with that. So we'll do our spiritual things with our spiritual friends. And, you know, I'll get with my small group to go um, work at Furniture Bank or participate in X week or what, whatever the case may be or X a week. Um, and then we're like, okay, and now let me get back to my secular life where how can I focus on um, improving the lives of others here? And we kind of create that divide where the two don't mix. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're called to do as followers of Jesus is just like he did to just completely tear down that divide. Mm -hmm. Um, and so there is no secular and spiritual, but you are spiritual and you can walk into every atmosphere in your life, whether it be work or church or some sort Mm -hmm. of ministry outside of church, um, with that same sense of spirituality. And I think what that does is it allows us to make connections with people that we typically wouldn't like the Christianity bubble that we hear about a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, that there there isn't a compartmentalized mm-hmm. kind of life when you're following Jesus. Yeah. It's all integrated. It's all one yeah. so that you don't want to say, well, well, that's just my job. But what really has meaning is what I do mm-hmm. when I, you know, volunteer or I serve a church or I go to this facility and help out or something like that. It can, it, no, it isn't. There's an intersection. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking as we, as you were talking, um, before uh, I went into ministry, I worked in the medical field 
for a long time in a primary care office. And there were many times when I would say, what am I doing here? Yeah. What am I doing here? Because there's very, very, there's a lot of things about that is very frustrating. But I remember one time just sorting it down to maybe like the lowest common denominator. And for me, it was, I'm here because I care for people. Mm-hmm. I care about people and I like caring for people. And if I was like some of these patients that I have, I would like to have somebody like me on the other end of the phone who's going to take the time to listen, yeah. to see them, yeah. to, to hear them, to really not rush them, but to, you know, let them be who they are and help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still do that today. But yeah. that's but that's the heart of Jesus, too. Mm-hmm. And so that yeah, was kind of the foundation of what I did there. And yes, there were lots of things that I could say, you know, arguing with an insurance company on the phone about Mm -hmm. why they should pay for this test or that medicine or whatever, in essence was caring for my patient, but on the other hand was frustrating. But it's that intersection that, and sometimes maybe what you have to do is get down to the very like foundation Mm -hmm. of why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. That's some good soul work right there. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I think as you were talking, I was thinking that um, what we do to ourselves sometimes when we put, things in two camps like we create these dichotomies in our life mm-hmm. um, where we feel like they have to be mutually exclusive yeah. so we can yeah. only do one thing or we have the work folder and we have the home and family f- folder and when we're not at work we have to put that away and when we're not at mm-hmm. home we have to put the work or like vice versa and um, what I think this does unintentionally in our lives is it separates us down the two down the middle creates us into two worlds or even three or four, because I know Mm -hmm. sometimes we have multiple jobs. We wear multiple hats. Um, but the more in the greater divisions and the, the more that we're trying to section things off in our life, um, the more it puts us in a place where we don't see ourselves as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Because I know for me in the work that I, that God has done in my life the last five years is, um, really doing a lot to undo some of the the fraction that I've mm. I've placed myself in because I think the work that I'm doing now and um, just really having a heart for women to know who God is and His character um, is sometimes eclipsed and hindered by um, being a stay at home mom for so long and being like, well, how. Like, why do, how can I just be used when I'm just a stay at home mom? Because I'm yeah. still just wearing that title in my head mm-hmm. and it, it enables me and or it disables me and keeps me from living into the authority that God has actually placed on my life yeah. to say, you're a child of mine. You're a daughter. I yeah. have a plan and a purpose for you and the lives of those around you. And like the same for those around you as well. And I've just used the excuse so much of like, Oh, well just like, I'm just a mom or I'm just yeah. a stay at home mom, or I'm a coworker or I'm just a boss or I'm just a, you know, whatever. And it actually allows God to, I mean, it allows it, allows the enemy to create division in our life to where we don't become whole. And so yeah. I say all that to say, I feel like I've done that in my life a lot is mm-hmm. divide myself out into different categories, mm-hmm. secular, sacred, um, spiritual, secular, whatever you want to say. Um, and I'm finding now that it, it goes so much more, it goes such a more long way to um, bridge the gap make yeah. those two together and know that like a vocation is just my life. It's, yeah. it's literally just a sacrifice of my life Yeah. Mm-hmm. to say, God, I don't care if I'm at home with babies. I don't care if I'm sitting in an office. I don't care if I'm behind a computer. I don't care if I'm sweeping hallways, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just use my life for what you want to do. Yeah. And I think that, um, that authority that God gives us is actually like, like helps us to even self-preserve because if you think about, if you're fractioned out and you have your job and you have your family and, or you have multiple jobs, um, I think deep down we all want to perform and succeed. And, um, and so you might get into the mindset of, okay, now I need to switch gears. I need to put a hundred percent into my job. And then you go home and it's like, okay, now I need to put a hundred percent into my family. And so I think what we find is that we're just, I think that that can very quickly lead 
to exhaustion. And oh uh, yeah, like I was about to say, a hundred percent plus a hundred percent equals two hundred, <laughs> exactly. and we don't have two hundred percent of ourselves. Yeah. We're taking fractions of a whole, but then mm-hmm. expecting ourselves to apply a whole to each fraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And oh, right, math. <laughs> yeah, my husband's a math teacher. He's gonna <laughs> listen. <laughs> but um, I see that, and like I even. I don't think it's like, okay, now at this point in my life, I've learned and now I don't do that anymore. I think you can, I think it waxes and wings and, um, and I can see, I can even see myself doing that one week and, you know, not doing it the next week. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think when we get into those patterns, you can feel the effects of that and not that, that like leeches from every aspect of your life. I mean, it, it will take from your relationship with God. It will take from your relationship with your family, from the joy you get out of your job. Um, and I think that when God gives us that authority, he also gives us that identity that will carry us through mm-hmm. the whole of who we are. And mm-hmm. so maybe our focus is not, let me put a hundred percent into my job today. That's from eight to five or seven to three or whatever. Um, and then put a hundred percent into my family. And then after like my kids go to sleep, I'll put a hundred percent into me and my time with God Um, and maybe he's just telling us like when you wake up in the morning and you remember that you're my child and that I've placed this authority to you, like into you, let's put a hundred percent into that, Mm -hmm. you know? And then when you go, when you go throughout your day, no matter your environment, that is just as much as you can give, you are refilled. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're operating from a bigger source. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I don't, for me personally, when I feel like. I'm living that out. I don't see a hundred percent going to 95 to 90 down to 0% at the end of the day when it's time to go to sleep. Like I don't feel that complete depletion for me. It's that's the part of extending yourself that just automatically pours back in. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like at the end of the day, when I look back and I, I've asked God at the beginning of the day to use me for his purpose. And at the end of the day, I feel that, I've done that. I don't feel drained or burnt out. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something that he gave us and gifted Mm -hmm. us with for that specific reason. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, um, I was sitting here thinking about how did Jesus approach work? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me that in his life that everything was just sort of permeated with, if you want to say the sacred Mm-hmm. Even yeah. the little things, you know, yeah. he washed people's feet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He sat and had a party at, you know, with and ate dinner. He was at weddings. He was he did all those things. And I and, you know, there's so many things about life that are not in scripture of he did. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at some point he did his laundry mm-hmm. or the women that were with him did. But he did something, you know, he you know, he probably He's a carpenter. Yeah. He, he, right. He, you know, uh, or stonemason, depending on your <laughs> philosophy. Um, he so he knew how to use his hands. So he probably fixed things. He also um, just had those probably really think kind of mundane conversations day to day. Um, you know, he had to get dressed in the morning, he had to put his shoes on, he had to, you know, they fixed meals together, mm-hmm. but all of that was just permeated with who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think when you get up in the morning and you say, and you thank the Lord for getting you up, for waking you up and say, God, fill this day with whatever it is that you want to fill it with and use me in whatever way you mm-hmm. want to use me, you know, keep my eyes open for opportunities that you are going to present me to share with someone or encourage them or whatever and you know tap me on the shoulder really really hard when I start saying things or doing (laughs) things that shouldn't be shouldn't be done I think that then your whole day just opens up in front of you no matter what you're doing whether it's going to school or going to work or uh, you know with your kids or shopping or you know fixing meals or Whatever it is, it opens it all up because it's all integrated. Mm-hmm. If we can look at our lives and what we do, whatever it is, as sacred, mm-hmm. as something that honors God, that it's something he's put in front of us for that day, for that moment, it makes a really, really big difference. Yeah. You know, I think when we start looking at things and saying, "What when I do this, this is more important. Mm-hmm. 
this has more significance yeah. than this over here. I think that's where we get ourselves into trouble. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I yeah. remember when my kids were little and I was a stay-at-home mom, it was like, God, really? Yeah. What difference am I making here? Aww. You know, I'm, you know, I have this snot line on my jeans mm -hmm. where they come up and rub their noses mm -hmm. on me, you know, and, huh. you know, and I'm cleaning up messes and breaking up fights mm -hmm. and, and I'm doing all those things that you do when you've got little ones running around. Well, what difference am I making? And yeah. of course he made sure I understood that mm -hmm. I was making a big difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, um, as we've been talking, the word that comes to my mind is worship. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's really when we bring our whole self and praise God for who he is and what he's done in our life. And worship is not, I know we've said this before, but worship is not confined to sitting in a seat mm -hmm. in yeah. your church on Sunday morning. Yeah. Um, sing, it's not confined to singing. Uh, it's, it is one way that we see even in scripture through the Psalms, um, and different parts of the Bible where they sang, as their worship to God. Um, I think it's our singing and our music are just one mode, one vessel that God uses yeah. to bring praises to himself. Um, but I think that it, it reminded me of the verse in Romans 12, 1, and it says, this is the message version. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. That's important, God helping you. Mm -hmm. Take your everyday, ordinary your life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Mm -hmm. That's worship. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Mm -hmm. And so I like that verse because that's just a simple, that's just, a, that, if you need a, a definition on worship, yeah. it's Romans 12, 1. Yeah. Yeah. Um, go back and read that. I think that it's so important to read and remember as we go out throughout our days is yeah. that every part of life, every part of our circumstances, every part of what we do, the ordinary, the mundane, and the really exciting, the sad, the joyful, everything in between is all, can all be used towards our worship to him and who yeah. he's created us to be. Um, and it talked about, be careful that you don't look at the culture around you. And I think that that's a sobering thought because mm -hmm we do have a culture that segments everything mm -hmm. into chunks and boils everything down into, you know, 12 second clips or yeah. whatever, because we live in such an immediate culture. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what this, what it stood out to me was talking about immaturity and maturity yes. and yeah. um, realizing that everything that we do leads to a level of maturity. And that kind of leads us to the second topic that was rec um, recommended for us to talk about. And that is outgrowing your current environments or your current season. Yeah. So what, I mean, how can we walk into that topic? What we were kind of discussing before this and um, the, the downside to some of these topics is that we're not sitting at a table and having a conversation right. with you, asking you, where are you coming from? What angle, yeah. uh -huh. yeah. like what experiences do you have? Like what kind of um, emotions is this question being asked out of yeah um but what we were talking about before here is we can assume that this is talking about when you get into a season of life where you're like this just doesn't fit anymore yeah and so we're going to assume that that's what the question was being asked is what happens when we kind of feel, feel a little uprooted and mm -hmm. like we're about to plant somewhere else or go mm -hmm. somewhere else so what what can you guys speak to that so i think one thing that I'm glad you touched on in your verse from Romans is um, that there's there's always going to be a cultural perspective to changing your environment or stepping into a new season. Um, and I think that our culture is not very helpful to us in, <laughs> in that um, a lot of times we will mistake um, being ready for a new season with being bored in our current season. Or maybe, yeah, or maybe yeah. being um, unhappy in your current season. And I think that if we go about changing seasons in that way, we'll never land in one that we want mm -hmm. to be in. Um, because really in any season that we're in, um, we talked about how 
that time that's been allotted to us is not wasted. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself bored in a season or maybe um, sick of the mundane, um, maybe there's a perspective refresh or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, because I guarantee what God's got in store for you in that season is not boring. And Um, has a purpose. Yeah. And I think we serve an intentional God and Mm -hmm. I'm grateful for that because a lot of what I, I find more purpose in things that I see are intentional Mm -hmm. Um, and realizing that attribute of God has really helped me find purpose even in the mundane, Mm -hmm. whether it's like lesson planning or providing feedback on a rubric. Like I, do I think that that's boring? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Like, especially research papers from 10th graders. It's difficult, you know, but in that season, God's teaching me patience, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. am I bored? Yes. Um, am I learning how to see my students better? Yes. And so I think that we can quickly get caught up in culture saying go and go and go until you find something that's not boring. And that makes you happy. If you don't like it, change it. Right. I think there is a real addiction to novelty Mm -hmm. in our culture. It's like I have I have to have something new. Yeah. That's going to grab my attention. That's going to entertain me in a way or amuse me in a way to because it's it's new Mm -hmm. and there's less tolerance for just being faithful and sticking the course, staying the course and staying there. Um, I think that anybody who uh, employers are seeing this, that people don't stay in a job Mm -hmm. for very long. They're like, oh, there's that over there, or there's this yeah. over here. I'll just bright and shiny things. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you know, off I go. And that, and that, we see that. I mean, mm-hmm. that really is our culture right now. Yeah. And um, I mean, when I tell people that I worked for the same physician for 25 years, they look at me like, "Are you nuts?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there were things that I valued about that. It wasn't all easy. Yeah. There were lots of tough seasons in there, but. Yeah. I valued the relationship I had with him because he was a great boss. Yeah. And it made that tolerable for some of the stuff around that were, that were hard, that things that were hard. Yeah. I got to a place, I remember, oh gosh, I was trying to sit here, trying to figure out how many years, probably about five years, five or six years before I left, that I knew that, that, that that was not going to be the the job that I was going to stay in forever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't feel well, that's like a long time to know that and still yeah. stay around. Right. And and it was like I you know I just felt like in a way I felt like God was like prying my fingers off. You know, it's like okay, let <laughs> one go. by one, <laughs> let go, let go, because I was really invested there, yeah. and I you know I I really liked what I did. I liked the people I worked with. There were a lot of things, it's any job that can be frustrating, but, but it was, you know, and I realized that so much of it was just that I just wanted control. I wanted control of my life. I wanted, you know, and this was a safe, comfortable environment. And, um, I was not willing really to let go because I was known there and I had favor and mm-hmm. I liked what I did and all the other kind of thing. And he was just saying, no, I have something else for you. You need yeah. to let go. Yeah. And it, but, and it finally got to the place where it's like, yes, Lord, please, this job is sucking me dry in so many ways. Yeah. You know? And, and then he said, okay, but I'm going to let you sit here some more. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been in one of those times yeah. where felt release from an environment, like, mm-hmm. like, it goes a long way to say that some of this stuff cannot be discerned without the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, True. and let me encourage you to lean into that because um, the Holy Spirit is a guide. He's a counselor. And so when you're sitting in these times where you're like, you wonder, is this, is this where I take the next step? Because on one side we have, you know, culture is just so fast paced and we're Mm -hmm. not willing to be anywhere longer than one year. We're, you know, we were, um, hell bent on immediacy and I want this Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go for it. Cause I think that there's some roots of like God keeping things exciting and Mm -hmm. us trusting him that Mm -hmm. sometimes it does feel like, 
okay, we're changing again. It's it because I've been in one of those times where it's like something changes every three to five years, something big. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, what curveball is God going to throw us yeah, next? And yeah. trusting him in faith and mm -hmm. stepping out. But then there's this other side that's like, walk with me in the ordinary, in the mundane. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like sometimes you might be sitting there thinking, I feel a little bit uprooted, but I don't know if it's me or I don't know if it's right. like God right. prompting me to yeah. take a step mm -hmm. in faith. And so let me encourage you that a lot of that is just discerned by leaning in and asking the Holy Spirit before you make any mm -hmm. knee jerk actions. Yeah. Just ask God what, mm -hmm. what, okay. So I feel this in my heart. I'm, I don't know if you're moving me into a different direction yeah. or if you're asking me and inviting me to stay and just be, just hold fast to you, yeah. my anchor in yeah. this. Um, because I can attest to it. Like I'm, I mean, I think that we're even susceptible to this quick pace change and I don't even like change. Yeah. And I will say that a lot of times that, that kind of happens in a certain part of your life. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like when you're getting married, you're having kids, you're establishing your career, all the stuff like that. I feel like that's when you're seeing the change every three to five years. And so for my husband and I, that was the case. I mean, because like, we got married. We one year or two years later, we bought a house. Then we moved in. Then we had kids. Then we like moved to Ohio and like and so it was almost like every three to five years something else was happening. And one yeah. of our sons the other day asked us, "When are we moving again?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What? <laughs> like, why are you asking this?" And I thought back and I thought. It's because he's done something yeah. new and amazing every t one to two years. And I really, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but I really felt in the year 2020, like right before we moved to um, Baltimore, which is only like 15 minutes away from where we were. But I feel like God was calling me into a long season of steadfastness, of simplicity and of just holding on. Yeah. And just finding like, I don't need, I'm, I'm not going to pick up and move mm -hmm. to a faraway place anymore. Unless you call me to, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to mm -hmm. like make a big life change. I'm not, I'm probably not going to have another child. We're not going to add to our family. So what's ahead? Yeah. Just boring stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm vacuuming lines in the carpet when I really feel like he imparted this wisdom on me is steadfastness. I need you to be steadfast because mm -hmm. I have a lot in store for you. Right. I have a lot that I want to do in your spirit, but you have to stay steadfast yeah. and don't always look to the next thing. Yeah. And so you might be thinking, like, I feel like an uprooting. I feel like I'm outgrowing my environment or my situation. What do I do? And I would encourage you to continue to lean in and ask yeah. that mm -hmm. God would direct you, yeah. that he would direct your steps. Yeah, I think that's where community comes into yes. play. Yes. Whether you have uh, a mentor, which I hope you do, or you have your square squad or a couple mm -hmm. women, yes. you know, or someone that you can go to, to say, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this, I'm yeah. sensing this, please pray with me, you know, talk with me, let me process this out loud with you. Yeah. Because I think one of the things that happens is that, for example, I mean, we can all relate to this. Somebody in your circle of friends goes out and buys a new car. Mm -hmm. And everybody starts thinking about buying a new car mm -hmm. because they see this. And, and you can almost see it start happening. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's another one. There's another <laughs> one. You know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, something like that. And sometimes you can feel like, well, I went through a period of time where my, um, my five close friends, that three of them went back to school. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, do I need to go back to school? Do I need to go back to school? <laughs> do I really, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm like, because I felt like they're leaving me in the dust. Yeah. You know, that sort of feeling of, uh, and, and I'm like, and I, I really had to just sit and, and like you said, and just say, Lord, talk to me. Yeah. You know, is this just my ego getting in the right. way? Right. Or, or desires. Right. I feel like sometimes yeah. I have to weigh my, is this my desire or your desire? Because right. I need you, you to clarify yeah. that. And, and it was, became very clear that no, this is not, that's not something yeah. you should be doing. But, and that's what they were called to do at that point. And it was a good season for them, but no, he was not asking me to go back to school. <laughs> so let's talk about this aspect of it. Mm -hmm. What do you do when everybody around you is called to this exciting leap of faith and you're called to steadfastness? How oh. do you celebrate? I mean, do you, do you harbor bitterness and envy or do you... Yeah celebrate it's yeah. hard to celebrate yeah yeah 
It is, especially when, when you have, um, you know, say in your circle of friends or something and there's all these things going on, like you said, exciting things. And then you just feel like, I have nothing to share. Yeah. My life is boring. Elevator music. You know, and that's, I mean, that's, you know, and you yeah. feel like I have nothing to add to this conversation right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. You know, you're talking about all this stuff that's going on in school and this that's happening and all the other, and, you know, and you're learning all this stuff and I love to learn and what am I doing? You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm just, like you said, being steadfast and staying on this path that God has laid yeah. out for me. Yeah. And for me in that season, it was like, I just had to so focus on Jesus and what mm-hmm. he had called me saying, mm-hmm. this is the path, you know, Very it's just, important. you yeah. know, it's, it's like Hebrews in Hebrews 12, it talks about that he, we are to run the race that he's marked, marked out, out for, for us. us. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a race marked out for Megan and there's a race mm-hmm. marked out for me. And there's a race marked out for Jess. There's a race marked out for each of us. Yeah. The problem is that when you start looking over here <laughs> and you start like, looking at your opponents and they're right, trying to yeah. gain up on and you. And it's like, how come they get to go over there? And they're like in that really cool looking place there in the woods. Uh-huh. And I'm yeah. here and it's like dry and gravel and dirt yeah. and you know it's like when you're driving and you like your eyes are in front of you obviously and then like you start to look at something in the distance and then all of a sudden you're like in the other lane <laughs> you know yeah if you're just like looking you know mm-hmm. if, like god has in store like exactly what's in front of you mm-hmm. you might not know what it is yeah. but if your eyes are set on what's in front of you which is from god mm-hmm. then you're gonna go forward mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. you'll stay in your lane in the best way not, you know, like people say, like, stay in your lane. <laughs> no, this is like a good way. <laughs> and then when you get caught up in maybe your friends or mm-hmm. maybe there's like, for me, it's like the teacher that everyone like loves. It's like, well, like, You're I want to so be that, free. you know, <laughs> I want to be <laughs> like, the best. teacher. What do I have to do to be that? And I'm like watching them and like picking up on what they're doing. And then it's like, I am no longer on my path. Mm-hmm. that God has in store for me because God doesn't like if I'm going to be that teacher God's going to form me into that teacher yeah. you know and so I think um I a I really love that Janice brought up community because mm-hmm. I think that's so important mm-hmm. I think it's important because I think sometimes when we are um our decisions in these you know changing seasons they require a leaning into the Holy Spirit by constant communication and so prayer and mm-hmm. trust. Um, and I think that we can find ourselves so frustrated when we've been praying and we've been asking and we hear nothing. And it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like I'm not hearing from God. Yeah. And so then we might jump to the conclusion. Well, like, well, if I'm not hearing from God, then I'm just going to stay here. Or like, well, he clearly doesn't have an opinion on it. So I'm just going to go, you know. And, um, I think God, while you may not hear directly like the voice of God or a very clear message, I think that one thing that God has also blessed us with is community that he specifically placed in your life. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine reminded me this, uh, reminded me of this the other day is that, um, talking or even just, just being like, Hey, just to your, you know, your square squad or your small group of people, like, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm considering, like talking about it out loud and hearing from those people. Um, because if you've discerned your friend group down to people you trust, mm-hmm. um, and you're in and communication, point you in the right direction, yes, you're in communication with God about that as well. Um, you can trust that as he has your best intentions, they will too. Mm-hmm. And place in your life specifically by him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, you're not, you're not designed to make huge decisions on your own ever. So if you, if you feel like you just have to make this decision, um, I think that's a sign just in and of itself that there's someone there who also wants to hear from you mm-hmm. about that. Um, Holy Spirit, your friend group, a trusted person in your mm-hmm. life. Um, and so I think community, it, community and communication are so yeah. important in mm-hmm. all of that. I like what you were saying about, you know, where your eyes are focused. Yeah. Um, a couple times a month, I uh, take a trip out 70 uh, east of Columbus. And um, there's a section of freeway around Zanesville that they're like reconstructing it. And so they have those 
horrible concrete barriers mm-hmm. you know so, so it's scary. it's one of those where they makes the two lanes and it's like trucks have to only be in the left-hand lane and the lanes are really narrow and they're all beat up and you have those big concrete barriers Mm -hmm. okay i hate that i absolutely hate that claustrophobia going on yes it's five miles Mm -hmm. it is the longest five miles in the world and um and so you know and you're going along and i can't remember at one point it wasn't all that long ago somebody just said well you know how it is you know like when you're you know, if you're riding a motorcycle, you just look straight ahead because you're going and point because you're going to go where your eyes are pointed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Because my tendency is when I'm in that, that place and I'm in that right-hand lane and that concrete barrier, I'm thinking, oh, it's got to be like an inch away from my d- passenger <laughs> door, you know? Yes. <laughs> it's all that kind of thing. I'm going to hear a scrape pretty soon. That if I look over there, then like you said, you start drifting. But if I look ahead... Where, you know, this is where I want to go. I want to, I want to get out of this five miles, please, Lord. If I look ahead, then I'm okay. And that's because that's focused on where I'm going. And it's, to me, it's, that's, that's the same thing with this is that if you're going to focus on all the stuff around you, which we are going to, yes. But if we try to make a conscious decision and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and yeah. that that race that he's marked out for us mm-hmm. to keep us in the direction we are going yeah then this stuff doesn't matter as much and it isn't going to pull right. us away and that's and again that's where community staying mm-hmm. you know staying connection with people you know if you're really you know stressed or confused or you know and you're not sleeping at nights and things like that well then you know a good counselor would be someone to help you process mm-hmm. it. Yeah, you know, sure. whatever. But just those are the things that help you get going in that way. Yeah. And you know, when we were talking about vocation, I'm wondering if this person is also thinking like vocation and purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, is yeah. that the same thing? Yeah. You know, um, because I think we all have a purpose, mm-hmm. and we can live it out no matter what we're doing, whether it's in our job or mm-hmm. at home or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, I think it's. I think it's just so all-encompassing, Yeah. whereas we've been saying that we tend to just say, well, this is my work life, and this is this, mm-hmm, and this right. is this, and this yeah. is this. Janice, I'm going to need you to theologically explain about this keeping your eyes ahead when I pull into the garage and I'm keeping my <laughs> eyes ahead to where I need to park, but I scrape the whole side of my car on the <laughs> side of the garage. <laughs> So you're saying just keep looking ahead and if you get in wrecks, it's okay? Because, I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. I may or may not have done that <laughs> last time. I my car doing that in a parking garage. Oh, sad oh. day. Oh. It was a curve and I was like looking at the gate. See? That's what I was doing. Yeah. I was keeping my eyes ahead. I know I'm, I'm going yeah. into this lane. So I'm going to stop right when I get to the outside <laughs> refrigerator. And then I hear this. And I was like. I just scraped the side of my car. Um, I think this only works for very straight paths <laughs> <laughs> that have no curves in them. Um, the analogy is the same, so <laughs> just trust God. <laughs> well, yeah, you're not going just to just not ignore the, or the orientation kidding. of your vehicle. Yeah, like, do you need I me mean, to park your car? Honestly, for you? we're just making excuses for the fact that we wrecked our car, so just let us run with it. <laughs> well, well, we had when when I was a new driver, um, my my dad, we had a, a one car garage and this mm-hmm. was an old garage, so it was really super mm-hmm. narrow. One of those really old ones, you know, mm-hmm. detached garage, and and I think he was afraid that I was not going to be able to get <laughs> in it. So he in the center, he centered and he hung down this old leather glove so it was like this hand oh my god i've seen the ball but not the glove that's a little freaky yeah and he said just well he probably didn't have a ball he just used that and it was like just aim towards that you know and line that up with this on the car and all this and that is how i learned how to pull the car in you know but kept your eyes on what's ahead this whole conversation (laughs) reminds me you guys are gonna make fun of me (laughs) yes we are i used to always um so my sister, I don't know, I don't think she does it as much anymore, but she would get really emotional with every birthday. <laughs> and she, like, she literally has a heart of gold, so it makes sense. She does. But um, I would always dog on her for being so emotional on her birthdays. And I just turned 25, and I'm literally tearing up right now. Oh. I got so <laughs> emotional. 
because I was like, okay, like I, I've graduated college. I've already switched careers, like into the career that I want to be in. Um, I'm rooted in a church. I'm married. We bought a house and I was like, this is the first year where it's like, this is your life, mm-hmm. you know, quarter of a century. And I was like, so emotional. emotional. And my husband was like, well, are you happy? Like, <laughs> are the tears happy tears or sad tears? And I was like, yeah, I don't know why I'm like, like, and I'm just not emotional. Like my sister will be the first one. It would drive her crazy. Cause I would never cry. Now I cry a lot and I don't know why, but called age I was like I'm 25 and this is like this is it this is like it. I'm a biology teacher and a wife and was a it were you Jesus. crying because you were like yay so many things have happened but also I just knocked a whole lot of things off the list what <laughs> I do think, I have to look forward to I think it was like um and I I'm sure a bunch of people can relate to this I think it was like the letdown of all the change yeah And so I think that there was part of me that was, like, so relieved, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And then there was part of me that was, like, like I'm almost not used to not having change. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know? It's a very weird sensation. Yes. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't, like, sad and it wasn't happy. But I was just crying. And I was, like, I, like... I was like, thank you, Jesus, for, like, all you've given me. Like, I promise I'm grateful for it. I just don't know, like, why I'm crying right now. And I just felt an overwhelming sense of, Mm -hmm. like, you're here, and you've done a good job of getting here. And so I felt that, like, that was my reassurance of, like, you're here, and this is your life because you've walked with me to get here. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say, you're here by my grace. Yeah. (laughs) And so then I was like, this is great. You know, like 25, which I, I know it's not old, but I just was like, no, I think my life is like a third over. Well, no, I think that's great because so many times, I mean, you are going to have those times in your life where you, Mm -hmm. where you're like, what just happened and what's ahead. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I had a similar experience not long ago of just like, um, I was singing a worship song about God's faithfulness mm-hmm. and it had me thinking it just replaying in my mind scenes and instances of yeah. the faithfulness that he's shown in my life. Yeah. And it was, it was such a sobering thought, but also like a, I couldn't have done it without your grace. Yes. And, and yeah. I'm singing these words right now, talking about your faithfulness, all these little places in my life. And so if I have all of these places that you've proved to be faithful, these places mm-hmm. ahead of me are mm-hmm. also going to show me that you're faithful. Yeah, and I was just so excited good. from that yeah. point on because I'm like, I've got a lot to look forward to. Yeah. Were some of those times hard? Yes. They stretched me. Um, mm-hmm. They weren't easy all the time, but I did walk away. I don't, I don't think I walked away remembering how hard they were. I think I yeah. walked away knowing that God is faithful in all mm-hmm. of those mm-hmm situations and so he will be faithful in the next yeah it was so good and I think like personally do I want to know exactly what's ahead yes I love planning (laughs) like (laughs) it's the best and sometimes I find myself uncomfortable with like not Not knowing knowing. and I think for me that's a sign that it's like okay step back and take a look I feel God just saying like just like take a look Mm -hmm. and then I think about the past five years and how much he's done in my life in just five years. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I don't know what's ahead of me, but I know that it's good mm-hmm. because yeah. I'm mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. And yep. that was like, I don't know. It just, now Sarah can make fun of me. She doesn't even know this, but she'll probably know now. And now she can make fun of me. For <laughs> getting emotional. <laughs> okay. So as we wrap up, you have a verse sitting out and I really want to hear this the oh. verse that you have. So this one, when we were talking about vaca- vocation, not vacation, but we can talk <laughs> about like that too. <laughs> um, I think one of the most difficult things for me is um, in, and I think of it in the sense of work, like what you get paid to do. And um, I think the most difficult times to really see purpose and enjoy, you know, your work is when you're not seen or you're mistreated or, mm-hmm. you know, your boss drives you crazy or you just feel like you don't belong there. Like mm-hmm. you just feel like 
you are a light that can shine and like no one wants to hear it. And like in teaching, there's like, like you can get wrapped up in, okay, all teachers do is complain, blah, blah, blah. Like there's a lot that you can pick up on and choose to, you know, focus on in your day. Um, and you'll come across administrators that you don't, you're not a huge fan of. And I think when we're in those seasons, it's easy for us to be like, okay, well, this is just not my time to spread the word of Jesus or to talk to people about Jesus because they just don't want to hear it. Or this is not my time to really walk into this Mm -hmm. and like live out. Like make a spiritual thing about it. Like this is just not the time. Like God's going to put something in my path eventually and then it'll be the time and then I'll know what to do. Whatever. And I think that that crushes him because I think that he orchestrates the situation so that mm-hmm. we can still show yeah. his spirit in them. Mm-hmm. And I think that speaks louder volumes than if everything's going great mm-hmm. and you're just adding to the greatness, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we, we've been reading First Peter, and um, this is the message version of First uh, Peter 2, 18 through 20. But... Um, It says, you who are servants, be good servants to your masters, not just to good masters, but also to bad ones. What counts is that you put up with it for God's sake when you're treated badly for no good reason. There's no particular virtue in accepting punishment that you well deserve. But if you're treated badly for good behavior and continue in spite of it to be a good servant, that is what counts with God. Mm -hmm. And it just makes me think like how many um, scenarios or conversations or environments, even do we just skip over when even the most, um, maybe like seemingly underwhelming responses could be pleasing to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, that just in the back of my mind helps me when I don't agree with an administrator. Yeah. Like, is it pleasing to me to, (laughs) continue if I feel like I've been mistreated well is it please and then I ask myself is this pleasing to God and if the answer is yes it makes it a little bit more pleasing to me maybe not 100% (laughs) you know but it's still like in or even if you're not a Uh teacher or you you even if your job is staying home with your kids which is like that's like 40 hours and double overtime like I like that is six jobs in itself even if that is where you're at how can you make seemingly like these situations where you feel like you don't have a place Mm -hmm. how can you make those pleasing to god Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because it can be like they're like we've been talking about purpose and intentionality and there's a purpose in why you're at this job and this is your boss right now, mm-hmm. or this is your coworker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God is ordained yeah. all seasons, all times for his good, for your good and his glory. And we find ourselves in sometimes unimaginable situations mm-hmm. and we can't feel God working, nor can we see him working, but he still is. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sovereign and he's over all of those situations and working inside of you. So, I mean, if anything that you got out of today and us talking, we hope that you feel seen and heard by your creator who ordained the season that you're in, the place you're in, the job you're in, the, um, the exact moment that you're in right now. And he has a plan for it and he sees you and he is equipping you to move forward in growth with him. So, yeah. For sure. Do you have any right. last thoughts, Janus? Um, I think more than anything that I would hope that everyone would be encouraged to know that there isn't any life that God has given that it has, doesn't have a purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That no yeah. matter where you find yourself, whatever season or wherever, whatever you're doing, that there is always a purpose. He has a calling for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's you're totally unique and so he has something very special i think sometimes it's really easy just to feel like i'm just like a zero i don't really make a difference i don't do whatever but um, i'm just uh fill in the blank right Mm -hmm. right and instead he's saying it doesn't matter what it is and what your position in life is right now or where you're at the season whatever that there is a definite purpose and he wants to um, to use you and show you that too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. He didn't create us to be human doings. No. He created us to be human beings. That's right. And he has all the interest in who you are becoming. That's right. We're glad that you guys came to sit at this table with us today. We always talk about how you can take these conversations and use them in your friend groups, in your circles, to meet up over coffee, just to talk about. Because I know that every time we walk away from this table, we uh, learn deeper Mm -hmm. the heart of God. And we learn more deeply about each other. And he'll do the same with you too. So we're glad that you came with us. We're going to be back next week for another episode of Inspired. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. We hope this episode has inspired you to start a conversation with the women in your life. And we would love to hear from you, your comments, as well as your questions. So email us at inspired at the x.church. And we would love to see you at the Inspired Conference on Saturday, May 6th, here at X Church. Registration is open now. You don't want to miss it. Sign up for the conference at www.thex.church forward slash inspired 2023. And don't forget to join us next week for more conversation in another episode of the Inspired Podcast. See you then.